Welcome to Blue Topsy. This is Daniel Blackman. Uh, it's Eric Cohen here. And uh, we are fastly approaching the midterm elections. 2018. Will it be a referendum on Donald Trump? <laughs> or will uh, Trump voters come out in droves? Or will there be a blue wave? We'll find out, Eric, in just about a week. About, what, eight or nine days out, right? Yeah, I think from anybody that we've talked to, no matter the outcome, they're ready for a little breather. I think everybody's not only ready for a breather, but I think one of the most valuable lessons we learned from the twenty-eight, the 2016 excuse me, election is that uh, sometimes when you get election overload, you get burnout, you begin to get apathetic, and uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think people are ready to see it come to a close, but I think that uh, the fact that Trump is still occupying the Oval Office is going to motivate a hell of a lot of people mm-hmm. to stay active between now and 2020, but we don't want to look too far ahead. We have uh, some great things to touch on today, so uh, you know, why don't you go ahead and open us up? I'm so happy to be back here with the people, and uh-huh. thank you for subscribing if you're out there in the listening world. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the love, and Eric, thank you for being a good partner, man. Well, same to you. All right, so we've had a very exciting week, not only with Blue Topsy, but truthfully, where we are in Georgia, North Georgia and Forsyth County. So the Forsyth County Democratic Party put on an event. The We Are Georgia tour, where we had Stacey Abrams, Sarah Riggs Amico, we had Carolyn Bordeaux, we had Josh McCall. Charlie Bailey. Charlie Bailey. Rock stars, man. Uh-huh. And they came to Forsyth County, which many people know the terrible racial history of this county. Which we'll cover at some point right. in the show. Right. That's a sneak preview. You know? Yeah, we'll you'll, you'll deep be dive, hearing, man. Right. You'll be hearing plenty. But you know what? Before yeah. you even go further, yeah. shout out to Melissa Clink, man. That's shout right. out to Melissa. Shout out to uh, Anita Tucker. Shout out to Steve uh, running for our, our Senate uh, District 27. That's right. Um, shout out to Latricia, to the whole Democratic mm-hmm. Party here in Forsyth County, Georgia. Man, we love you guys. And to see the progress we've made in, in three or four short years uh, it speaks volumes to where we've come as a party and as a county. So this county, for, for everybody, no matter where you are, if you're in this state, you're around the world, to give you an idea, Democrats were supposedly such an endangered species that people wouldn't put out yard signs. So the party took this whole initiative, this blue wave initiative of, you know, to get out the vote, to basically get Democrats out of the closet. So two weeks ago, there was an initiative throughout this entire county in teams in the middle of the night Political signs were placed everywhere, and they were put to get people to realize that, guess what? Your vote matters. We're here. Family is here. Come on home to us. I love it. It's been exciting. It's been a a journey, man, and I'll tell you guys, I moved to Forsyth County, Georgia in uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. I ran for office in this county in 2016. Uh, was the first Democrat to run for state Senate in 26 years or 27 years in Forsyth County, Georgia. First black person to ever run in this area. And uh, I can honestly say, man, I I love this county. Um, You know, we have some of the best schools. We have Mm -hmm. some of the best people. Groups that connect the dots that are doing great work here in the community and other organizations and individuals. We're not where we want to be, but we're a hell of a lot closer. And um, that being said, we have an interesting show. We spoke and checked in with our good friend Sarah Amico on the trail. Uh, We've got some amendments we want to cover in a couple Mm -hmm. of referendums. So we're going to kick off the show today 
by really peeling back some layers. Uh, if you have early voted, thank you so much. I wish I had like a, a clap sound in the background <laughs> to give you, but thank you. Um, if you have not voted, then you still have an opportunity. Eric, why don't you break down some of these opportunities and where they can go to vote, okay. especially if they're in the county. All right, so let's just take, for example, Forsyth County. Um, you have early voting locations uh, that are running, and they've. we have early voting at the beginning, most counties. There are only a few places that you can go to, but now that we're in the stretch, you have a lot more locations per county. So, for example, like if you're in Forsyth, you can go to the elections office, you can go to Hampton Park, you can go to Sharon Springs Park, you can go to Midway Park. And those are open, you know, generally eight to seven now through the through the rest of the early voting. Everybody who's listening, remember that early voting runs until the 2nd of November. The general election is on the 6th. There's a site that people should take a look at, and I believe it's georgiavotes.com. And that right there, they do an awesome job. They compile all this data that's coming from the state, and they show us how many people who are now already early voted. And I'm going to pull up right now, as we're recording this today on the 29th, the, the number has been astronomical. As of today, there's been almost one, or this is yesterday's numbers, 1.2 million people have early voted in Georgia in 2018. Uh, in 2014, that number was 442,000. So the turnout in 2018 versus 14 wow. is up 169%. That's amazing. It is amazing. So go to georgiavotes.com and then if you're any type of wonky poll type person that checks in with like 538 or real clear politics and looks at polls all day. This site gives you everything. It breaks everything down based on race, gender, age. So there's lots of great information to you know go through. And I want to say this and then we're going to jump into the amendment. So thank you for being patient with us. Uh, please, 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 please. I cannot emphasize enough. Go all the way down the ballot. We know Stacey Abrams is running for governor. But as we see the shenanigans with Brian Kemp being our current secretary of state, we have someone on the ballot for secretary of state, um, you know, and, and we have people all the way down the ballot. John Barrow, I believe, is, is running for uh, secretary of state. And John Barrow, for, for people that don't know, John was a congressperson. That's right. And he kept getting elected, even though Democrats weren't getting elected anymore. And they kept gerrymandering his district to the point where there was no district left for him to go to. That's right. Then we have Fred Swan, uh, Georgia and most Southern states, agriculture is king. Yep. Uh, our poultry industry, uh, many of our farmers in rural Georgia, black farmers, mm -hmm. white farmers, uh, you know, it, it just doesn't matter, man. Agriculture in this state is critical. We need a vision that includes sustainability. It has leadership that believes that climate change actually exists. That's right. I like what Fred Swan is talking about, but then you've got to go down to the state school superintendent we have otha thornton that's right which is an amazing guy please look up his background and he's not only a phenomenal speaker but uh he has a plan obviously we've got to hold people accountable from an education standpoint so we've got to work with people like otha to make sure that georgia lifts itself up out of the hole that we've been in for so many decades because we are ranked uh too far down the totem pole uh to be competing globally and nationally and i think we need to change that but then, you know, we've got also, after the governor's election, you can vote for Sarah Miko. Uh, she's been on the show. She's a friend. We yeah, endorse. I think she's the first person that Blue Topsy endorsed, man. I think so. We love Sarah. Yeah, we Shout love out Sarah. To Sarah. There you go. And then we've got our good friend Charlie Bailey, who is not only a rock star, not only knows what he's talking about, 
but wants to do everything from creating a civil rights division to mm-hmm. combating the gang, uh, the, the gang crisis that's going on. He wants to address human trafficking. I mean, this guy wants to roll up his sleeves from day one and, and hit the ground running. Okay. Charlie makes this great point. He sits there and says how, how the current attorney general, how this guy... Hasn't he, tried a case. Hasn't tried a case. And then I, I watched the TV ad that he has, and he's talking about all the other positions that he had and how then how he was appointed by Nathan Deal. And I'm sitting here going, well, you had all these other positions. You were appointed to attorney general, but you're not really a practicing lawyer. And that's crazy. I mean, how many of us, and Charlie has this kind of uh, comedic line. thing he yep. says, but he says, you know, if your family member was in you know, an issue and they need an attorney, how many would want their family member represented by a non-practicing attorney, right? right? And so Charlie says one thing that I think highlights his character, which is he he consistently says that our current attorney general is a good guy. He just says he's not the right guy for this position. So let's get Charlie Bailey elected November 6th. Then we have our our good friend Janice Laws Mm -hmm. uh, for commissioner of insurance. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, insurance is not Mm -hmm. only something that has crippled working families in many aspects but we have not had someone that has had a vision for the insurance commission in a long time premiums um on your car insurance being able to shop around and be competitive Mm -hmm. uh being able to do things that i think quite frankly would take us further because we when we think of insurance we think of homeowners insurance we think of medical insurance but a lot of times man cars and i've got a kid that's going to be driving next year uh so do i have two that are gonna wow yeah i'm not ready for it public service commission we interviewed one of those candidates lindy miller Mm -hmm. shout out lindy if you're listening shout out to lindy miller you know what i know i'm stopping and kind of having my my shiny nickel moment i gotta give kudos to the amazing women running for Mm -hmm. office in the democratic party of georgia I mean, I'm just going through this list, and I have never been more proud uh, to be a Democrat in this state because we've got women that are not just articulate and intelligent and phenomenal and diehard Democrats, but man, they're they're pit bulls, man. They know what they're talking about. They're attacking the issues. They're fighting. And you know what? So, So you know the best thing to do is go look at the Twitter feeds of all your favorite candidates. Yeah. And basically when all this nasty stuff's coming... There's like a smart ass tweet that comes right back from our people. And right. it's just so good. You I know? love it, man. Yep. And since we're talking about great women, you know, Lindy Miller will be running for District 3 of the Public yep. Service Commission, but we also have Don Randolph, who mm-hmm. will be running for District 5. Don has a plan to address the plant vogel issue. Yep. Uh, her and Lindy, you know, and I'll be quite frank with you, we said this when Lindy was interviewed. There are five Public Service Commission seats. Right. If we were, or when we were, or when we get Lindy and Don elected, mm-hmm. uh, they still have a very high chance of being outvoted. Right. So we need to make sure we get both of them up there to just be our trumpets um, mm-hmm. in that position. And then I'm going to go over one more, and I would hope that you do your research and know who's running for Congressional District, House, uh, State Senate, and uh, County Commission. Anything on the ballot, know about it. But uh, the Commissioner of Labor... Uh, is is a, a, a me amazing you know seat because you know all of us want jobs we want good jobs 
We want fair wages. Uh, I think it's debatable whether you're on the side of the fight for 15 or a living wage. We understand that in Georgia, we have the one of the lowest minimum wages in the United States, 525 right. an hour. Um, that's just not acceptable. Uh, income inequality in cities like Atlanta um, has disproportionately affected people, have mm-hmm. kept people in the vicious cycle of poverty. Right. 1.8 or 1.9 million Georgians live in poverty. That's mm-hmm. 10% of our population, almost 20% of our population um, is living in po- pro- in, in poverty. Um, and this guy, Richard Keatley, man, I mean, Richard, He's got a plan. Um, he has a plan, man. And, and I, I haven't been this excited since our good friend, uh, Michael Thurman was the uh, labor commissioner mm-hmm. because Michael came in with a plan and he elevated Georgia to be a competitive place. And I'll tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll go into the amendments, but with the film industry, with Amazon considering moving here, with the technology things that are coming here, you know, mm-hmm. the majority of students at Georgia Tech don't stay here when they graduate. They go to Silicon Valley. Yep. And if we're going to have a work-ready Georgia uh, from graduating seniors mm-hmm. in high school to students at technical colleges to graduates from the University of Georgia, Clark, Morehouse, Spelman, Georgia State University, uh, Emory, uh, Kennesaw State, you name it. If they're going to graduate with good jobs in Georgia and cybersecurity and film and economics and development, we need to start doing a better job to give them hope for the future. That's right. So we need to talk about one other thing related to voting, and it's called slippage. Okay. And slippage has been going on at, at a lot of polls. And what that basically means is, okay, let's say somebody goes to vote and they have you know, they've pressed, let's say, you're, you're voting for Stacey Abrams, you're voting for Sarah Miko, the entire slate of candidates. And then they go and they see that the ballot hasn't been cast properly, like the names have changed. So whoever they hit, the computer now, when they go to verify, you know, when you go, you pull up that verification page. That's right. All of a sudden, they're different people. Well, what happens with slippage is somebody sees it and then they hit the button still. So they hit the button, they've then submitted the vote. That causes a whole problem because that vote can't be retracted. So we want to remind everybody, wherever you're voting in the state, if you get to your voting machine and you've started, you've cast your ballot, then you get to your verification page. If it doesn't match up to to whom you have voted for, immediately notify the workers inside the voting precinct because then they can come over, identify the problem. Basically what they'll have to do is take that machine out of commission, move you over to another slot. If you press that submit button, you've cast a ballot, it creates another issue. We also want to remind you guys, the Democratic Party of Georgia has the voter protection hotline at 888-730-5816. We've been told that the phone lines are just flooded with calls. Yeah, man, Brian Kemp, if you're listening, stop the shenanigans. Follow our <laughs> advice from our good friend, former president, Jimmy Carter, who in a yep. statement today made a very great and valid point of, of urging uh, Mr. Kemp to do the right thing and to step down from his seat. So I want to you know just share with you that former president Jimmy Carter reported today, resident, wrote on his official letterhead to the state's Republican nominee for governor, Brian Kemp, asking him to resign as Georgia's secretary of state. That's something that needs to happen for the integrity of our elections. If it were a Democrat, Eric, I would say the same thing. Absolutely. I think that if you are going to be running for office, you should not be overseeing the election to remove all presence of uh, impropriety or anything that can be deemed as uh, is unethical. It's just common sense. Even if you weren't doing any type of shenanigans. Yeah. And supposedly on Brian Kemp's schedule... 
it's shown that he has worked for one day in the past month. So he's clearly not doing his you know daytime job. Yeah, I know, man. You, I think you want to slip something in there. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> we're on Amendment One. That's so why right. don't you why don't you start us off, man? We Amendment One create Georgia outdoor stewardship to protect water, wildlife, and parks. Three things that I love. Yes, there's plenty of them in this state. Okay, so they're asking to set aside 80% of existing sales taxes on sporting goods for conservation efforts. Okay, when you go, no matter basically what you do in the state, Mm -hmm. you buy stuff, it just goes into the general fund. All the money goes into a pot. What this is saying is it's actually taking this money and saying, if you buy certain things at these, basically these sporting goods stores, Got you. they're going to put this money aside. It's going to go into this fund. That's for land conservation, parks, and trails. The Nature Conservatory, they are totally for it. Um, Sierra Club, totally for it. Basically, it's a no risk. It's, a, it's an all-win situation. They're actually putting money aside for these efforts. So it seems like everybody's unanimous that uh, i'd vote yes, yes man. i mean I when i too. think of georgia's outdoors especially with our proximity to lake lanier yep. amicalola falls blue ridge mountains uh we need this um and i'm a big supporter so ladies and gentlemen blue topsies officially asking your support and yes. vote yes if you haven't already done so amendment two creates a statewide business court you're passionate about this. i am this is this one is the well one of two that are and we're both small business owners that is correct yeah so Amendment 2 is interesting. So it creates business courts. And what it's doing is creating statewide statewide business courts. A lot of people don't realize that there are actually business courts across the state as it is. But local judicial you know, municipalities, essentially, they're creating these business courts. They're being appointed locally. So there are a couple of reasons you could say you would be for it and some that you would say that, that would be against it. There are a lot of people within the law in the state that say this creates an extra layer of cost and inefficiency. And it's funny that it always seems to be that organizations that want small government then propose things that could actually lead to more government. One of the things that that's to me the biggest issue here is that you're going to have local control. What was local control from business courts? Mm -hmm then they would be statewide control. So this would amendment 2 would allow for a governor to appoint these local judges, but they would no longer be locally controlled or appointed. So you could go a partisan could decide to put whomever that they want on this business court and you would think if you had let's say a governor or somebody that has certain vested interest they could stack those courts with people that are aligned to their vision against whatever they might be against. And the reality is, even though Republicans try to paint Democrats in so many ways <laughs> to be anti-small business, uh, we're, this, we're, we're, we're for small business. You mm-hmm. know, we're, Eric and I are business owners. This amendment reads very well. It says, shall the Constitution of Georgia be amended so as to create statewide business court, authorize superior court, business court divisions, and allow for the appointment process... Of uh, for statewide business court judges in order to lower costs, improve the efficiency of all courts, and promote predictability of judicial outcomes in certain complex business disputes for the benefit of all citizens or uh, this state. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have laws on the book that need to be enforced. Right. We have laws on the books that, quite frankly, are not working across the board for everyone, not just from a minority standpoint, from, but from women, women-owned businesses. And we have a judicial process that will allow us to... Uh, you know, focus on, you know, doing the right thing for businesses. And we need to make sure that we are listening to our small businesses. And from mm-hmm. what I've heard out there, uh, a lot of folks are against it. So how are we voting on this? Uh, I'm saying we are against the amendment too. We're against the amendment too. Mm-hmm. If Eric says it, I say it. And that go. makes two blue tops. He says no for amendment two. Amendment three encourages conservation and sustainability for Georgia working forced in other words the timber tax right mm-hmm, it's the timber tax break it down where, where are we going with this one <laughs> the timber tax this i think this is the least sexy of all of them here let's <laughs> see uh, the timber tax one um the forestry association they they say that georgia has um they're taxed at three times higher than the neighboring states so the argument here is and it does when you actually look through the data it does seem to be legitimate that they're taxed much higher. Um, at the end of the day, you know, what, what's going to happen? Their, their argument is, well, there's 4.7 million acres of land that is taxed about six times higher. And they're like, well, if you don't give us this tax break, then these forests will be totally cut down and decimated and they'll be turned into more strip malls and neighborhoods. That's coming from um, the president and CEO of the Georgia Forestry Association, okay? So, you know, this is one of these ones where overall people are giving a yes to it, but at the end of the day, one would think, you never know. There, there could be less tax revenue in the end for the state, but, but we really don't know. But it doesn't seem to be one that that you're passionately against. It, it seems okay. And more or less, if you can preserve more land and not turn it into a strip mall, that might not be terrible. And I'm going to be honest, man. I mean, you know, I've uh, been very fortunate to be a part of a great organization, a leadership organization here in Georgia, uh, which was called the Institute for Georgia Environmental Leadership. Uh, we got a chance to meet with farmers around the state that deal with things like the longleaf pine, uh, deal with Georgia's agricultural industry. And realistically, I mean, you know, timber timber owners in Georgia have been receiving tax breaks um, since this was amended back in 2008. Right. And I think that, you know, and, and this was with the, uh, I believe it was the, the Forest Land Protection Act. And, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate this. Um, <laughs> But I think we should vote yes on this because, yeah. you know, we, we need to do a better job. When you look at the tariffs that have been imposed by Trump, um, that's hurting these, you know, majority farmers that, you know, they supported Trump. And uh, now they're being hit tremendously hard. And I know that people, when they hear tax, they, you know, red light goes up. But, you know, I think that it, it would lower the burden um, mm-hmm. on these Timberland owners. I don't think it would do as much harm, um, but it, it's a process, and right. I would vote yes on it. So yep. um, if you're okay with it, we're, we're going to give that a yes. yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's unanimous, ladies and gentlemen. Now, uh, here we go. We're diving in the pool head yeah. first. Yeah, this is the controversial one. This is it. And, uh, you know, you're Amendment lying. 4. Yeah, they can get pissed at us. I mean, yeah, you gonna, I mean, some folks might get mad. Please <laughs> continue to support us. That's my pre- preface, so you know... <laughs> Where we're probably going, but Marcy's law, in all um, reality, rights to victims for allegedly uh, uh, for allegedly being perpetrated, uh, perpetrated, right? So mm-hmm. here's the thing. Let me start off by saying that it is very obvious that Eric and I are men. 
That's um, true. But men and women and children can be victims. Mm-hmm. And as the godfather of a survivor of human trafficking, um, this one was really hard for me. And the reason why it was hard is not because we are... Uh, and let me just go ahead and just open up. I'm, I'm against this law, and I'm, I'm going to explain so, why yeah. as we have this conversation. I think of all the amendments, we'll probably spend you know a couple minutes more on this one. Mm-hmm. But the first thing I want to say is, and I, I think I can speak for Eric and myself, that we support victims' rights. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not believe there should be a statute of limitation on mm-hmm. sexual assault. That's correct. Uh, but this is not about the victims, in my opinion, as much as it is about due process. Right. And for me, um, you know, I, I, I think that what we should be focusing on in this is ways to fight mass incarceration and um, extreme sentences like like these mandatory minimums. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago, there was a young man in a hotel. Um, him and his friends got caught up, uh, Gennaro Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an unfortunate incident where a young man um, was uh, charged with uh, with statutory rape. Mm-hmm. Um, it was consensual, but because he was older, mm-hmm. um, he ended up almost losing his life. He faced a mandatory 10-year minimum. He ended up being vindicated. But my main focus is due process, ladies and right. gentlemen. We want to fight mass incarceration. We want to fight any uh, disparities in the criminal justice system. And instead of voting on a constitutional amendment that already is pretty much codified in Georgia law, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, I think we need to, again, to the business point, we need to enforce and the for, laws right. on the books. So I think a lot of what's really interesting to me is that if you have a constitutional amendment, it basically takes... 50 years to reverse a constitutional amendment in the That's state. Right. That's how long the process is. So I think we have to realize that this state, when you have amendments, they're weighty. I mean, it's a big deal. You've got to be certain. So let's talk about Marcy's Law a little bit because on the surface, it sounds great. Of course, you want to help victims. That's right. But there are scenarios that pose problems. So I want to share this from... The Atlanta Journal Constitution, because they have a they have a good breakdown of what the amendment would do. So I want to read through some of this. Georgia law already provides for notification of crime victims on hearings and other proceedings in their cases, but advocates hope by making this a part of the state constitution, the protections will have more weight. The proposal would also give the victim the right to demand a court hearing if he or she feels proper notice has not been given about developments in the case. The proposed amendment is known as Marcy's Law, mirrors legislation passed in several other states. Okay, so let's look at two pieces right there. So it's saying it would give them the right to demand a court hearing if he or she feels proper notice has not been given. Well, that's kind of subjective. One of the issues here is if one of these hearings occurs or, or people are, are in front of a jury, the, the victim or alleged victim would be allowed to speak before the defendant. And that could lead to tainted juries. The truth of the matter is I have a lot of friends or attorneys and I know that even though the vast majority of people that, that make a claim against somebody, they are completely truthful. They are victims. It does happen where there are people that just straight up for whatever vendetta they have against somebody, yeah. they, they make false claims. Yeah. And this is another process where you can kind of taint people, you can tell an untrue story, and you could 
lock somebody away and, for a long time. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I don't think anyone, Eric, you articulated it so well. But, you know, we are living in the era in the era of, of Kavanaugh mm-hmm. in the Me Too movement, and we are we are sensitive. We have women in our lives that we love, mm-hmm. uh, mothers, wives, sisters. Uh, friends and you know again this is this is hard for me because to pay hard homage to um to Marcy Nicholas who was actually the who this is named after mm-hmm. you know she was stalked and uh, murdered by her boyfriend and you know unfortunately this guy was sentenced to life in prison with a possibility of parole and I could not imagine being a victim with the possibility of being re-victimized right. or living through right. it. But um, as a black man in America, uh, you know, I have to say that the criminal justice system has not always been fair to Mm -hmm. black and brown people in this country. And it hasn't always been fair to poor people, regardless Mm -hmm. of race. Um, And there are times where the criminal justice system, it it isn't uh, it's not perfect. Uh, It has failed. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to do a better job of, um, for instance, uh, transparency on college campuses. I was privileged to work with Vice President Biden in the last three years of the Obama administration uh, on the It's On Us campaign, which was a campaign to end sexual violence on college campuses. And I was just beyond uh, dismayed at the fact that these college campuses are actually hiding and not reporting information. They basically will listen to a story and they will say what they feel is appropriate as an action. And I think we need to do a better job protecting young women especially. Uh, We just saw a young lady murdered uh, who had an ex-boyfriend that, I mean, she had a boyfriend. She broke up with the guy. Um, she was a college student. Um, this guy had a really bad background. He, he was not only, um, a sexual, a sex offender. She didn't know about it. She broke it off and he began to stalk her at her campus. And unfortunately she lost her life. So again, while I vote no on, on amendment four. Uh, please understand that it is the due process part right. and not the victims. Victims deserve every right they are uh, that they should be given, and, and we support it. With Amendment 4, it's very important to note that within the criminal statute right now, yep. this exists. This already exists in state law. What, what we're talking about here is enshrining it in the state constitution. Again, just like you were saying so well before, these laws are there. All you have to do is make sure that these things are properly being enforced. By turning this into a, a constitutional amendment, it, it, it changes things. And one thing that should be noted, in the majority of the states where this law, well, this what would be an amendment, has become law, it has been quite a burden on state governments. There's been a lot of cost issues, yeah. a lot of execution issues of of that what was amendment turned into law. So, and, and here's the thing, and I want you to finish that thing, but yeah. I was appointed by former Chief Justice Leah Sears to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. Commission on Marriage, Family, and Children, and I saw the cost of divorce in the state of Georgia, and it cost taxpayers a ton of money, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is important. I, I want to close out with something, but I want to let you finish your statement. No, that that's that's where I was leaving it. Just there's... It, it, the bottom line is our law in the state already covers this. And we are probably, this could do some good for people, but the truth of the matter is there could be a lot of people who, you know. Are unfairly affected. Yep, and look, exactly. look, ladies and gentlemen, again, we, we vote no on this one, but, it, you know, we believe that it's probably as well-tensioned as it could be. Uh, it, it's just promoting the wrong means of doing it. And, you know, I'll say this, that, you know, there are already agencies that are underfunded, um, mm-hmm. like DFACS, uh, the Department of 
um, children's services, uh, you know, uh, it's so many organizations that are just not getting the support they need, mm-hmm. officers that need better training. Uh, we need to be able to protect women, children, and men victims of sexual violence long after their encounter with the criminal justice system because there's post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, we also need to continue to support rural services. Our good friend mm-hmm. Sarah Amico uh, mentioned that 79 yep. uh, counties in the state of Georgia don't have an OBGYN. That's but right. what does that mean when it comes to rape? You know, when it mm-hmm. comes to rape, if we don't, if we have 79 counties without an OBGYN, how many counties don't have the capacity to offer? services to rape victims or anyone else that's out there. And then we also need to support our law enforcement um, in, in assisting them at crime scenes or hospitals. This goes back to my campus point about making sure that campuses are not contaminating evidence or causing law enforcement not be able to do their job. Ladies and gentlemen, when lawyers and judges, police officers, uh, first responders, when uh, victims have the opportunity to tell their side of the story, when the system is given the opportunity, it works. And I just think that this uh, this uh, this mechanism amendment four offers uh, some challenging mm-hmm. uh, uh, systems that could lead to you know unwarranted consequences. Uh, we're gonna move on. Right. Uh, please, you have a way to reach out to us anytime. We'll be happy to continue this conversation mm-hmm. online. But we're gonna go to amendment five, which is uh, it authorizes the fair allocation of tax proceeds to county and city school systems. Talk yeah. to me. Okay, so this removes the requirement that a county school district and a city school district within the county's boundaries must agree before calling a referendum to raise sales taxes for education. So the example the AJC is using is it would affect the city of Atlanta school system and the Fulton County uh, public schools. Mm -hmm. They're saying Cobb County, they have the same situation with the Marietta uh, city schools. Uh, So let's see, the 1% sales tax could be imposed for a period not to exceed five years. So what state senator, the quote is state senator Lindsey Tippin said the measure was proposed because there are situations across the state where independent school districts uh, serving a small portion of a county's uh, students would hold the larger districts hostage on the referendums in hopes of obtaining a larger share of tax proceeds. Um, This one across the board has been a unanimous yes. Yeah. So... I don't think we have to spend too much time. No, on that I, I think we've covered it. <laughs> we've covered it, man, and and I and you know I, I will say um, that you know we need to make sure um, that we are doing as much as we can for our public school systems. Uh, we just saw two of the largest lotteries in the history of the United States, mm-hmm. and we have something in Georgia called Hope, and we need to make sure that these mechanisms are doing what they're supposed to. Um, 88% of Georgia's prison population reach at the third grade level. Uh, we need to invest in our schools by any mean, by any means necessary. Uh, we need to, instead of, uh, school to prison pipelines, we need to create school to workforce ready pipelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this is, uh, again, you know, blue topsy, we will say unanimously vote yes on this. Uh, because it gives, you know, especially some of these smaller rural counties and, and smaller areas, uh, that don't have the school district or system that a Forsyth County mm-hmm. or uh, a DeKalb County may have. And, uh, you know, we need to do the right thing and support what we can. So I want to make a, a little statement because I think it's important. Yeah. Even though we're democratic, we're progressive and whatever, as you guys, I think in the audience already know, we don't toe the party line. 
I've seen what the party, I've seen what candidates are saying, yeah. you know, what to support for the amendments. I can guarantee you if you go and look at the list and what they say, we don't quite match up at all. Yeah. So, and I think that's really an important point to make. And you need to be able to think it, you know, Blue Topsy, again, if this is your first time listening to us or if you may have uh, forgotten, uh, Blue Topsy literally just is a way to say that we dissect the Democratic Party. Right. Uh, it is an autopsy of everything blue. We pick it apart. We uh, we challenge. We push mm-hmm. back. Uh, there is not a guest on our show that we're not going to feel like we can, you know, um, address an issue with, whether mm-hmm. it was Jason Carter dealing with the guns everywhere right. law or talking to uh, uh, Sarah Amico about the Republican background and, and mm-hmm. her, you know, reach to conservative voters. That's you right. know, we're, we're, we're Democrats, but we're not zombies. That's uh, right. We have our own minds. We think. <laughs> Uh, Eric and I don't always agree. We just happen to agree 99.9% right. of the time. But, um, but you know, <laughs> on a serious note, ladies and gentlemen, we took a hard look at these. And, um, again, I, I can't stress it enough. Marcy's Law was a tough one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, and, and I'll just go ahead and say it. The Democratic Party of Georgia um, is primarily straight line voting yes yep. on this uh, on this amendment. And we here at Blue Topsy felt like there was some flaws in that mm-hmm. process. And we're uh, going in an opposite direction, voting no. Um, so, again, we're, we're here to challenge and uh, we hope and pray that there is something that can come to do this thing justice. So why don't you take us into the referendums? So the referendums. OK, so there's statewide referendum A. That's a homestead exemption for residents and municipalities located in more than one county. If it was a, if it's approved, this would allow the use of a homestead exam, exemption for homes in a locality that is located in more than one county. The city of Atlanta is an example. Okay, so that's like if you're in a house and you straddle like two jurisdictions. So that's it's right. not, that's not for this isn't a real common thing at all, you mm-hmm. know. But it takes care of it for those few people that are affected. So, and I think yeah. to, re- realistically, I think that. You know, this is one of those issues that's not going to affect a ton of people. Right. But it's going to affect some people. Right. Um, You know, me personally, I think, you know, voting yes on this, uh, you know, it's it's what I think is the best thing. And it also allows for property tax exemption on homes um, for the mentally disabled. Um, You know, and that that that's something that. um, Oh, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm switching into the next. I was going to. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going into the mentally disabled one. But I meant what I meant to say is that. Um, I believe that, that this not only um, helps to protect folks that are in low-income areas, but you know we're, we're talking about um, some marginalized areas, and I would vote yes on this yes, piece. I agree. Sorry for jumping ahead that's of the gun, right. though. Look, that's cool. All right, referendum two, ad valerum uh, exemption for homes for the mentally disabled. Okay. Yeah. Property owned and used by nonprofit entities in Georgia are not subject to ad valorem taxation. Examples would be churches, museums, parks, etc., in some instances, a nonprofit that owns a home for the mentally disabled will have a member of the nonprofit corporation board that is a financial institution that provides financing for the construction or renovation of the home. Okay. Okay. This referendum would allow legislation that preserves the tax exemption for the home for the mentally disabled, even though a member of the company owning the home is a for profit entity. So the bottom line is, in layman's terms, it's saying you have a home that's for somebody who's mentally disabled. A pri- a pro, you know, a, a for-profit entity owns it. There, there can still be the exemption. And you know what? I don't see anything wrong with that whatsoever. So we're voting yes. We're voting yes on that one. All right. Well, let's do it. We're voting yes. Take us into the next one. Uh, 
There's the Fulton County one, right? The Ful- yes, give you bring up the Fulton County. Fulton County. Well, you know what? I'm gonna actually skip over that one. Yeah. Um, statewide. We're gonna just kind of keep it moving yeah. because there's some other there's some other things that I think we should focus on before we leave. I don't want to stick too much on Fulton because we've right. got a couple more things to cover. So we'll skip over that one and go on to the next one. So let's see. Statewide referendum questions. Impose a property tax cap for the city of Atlanta. Do you have that one? I've got that one. I don't live in the city of Atlanta. I know. Man. So I mean, like I'm, that's what I'm saying. Well look, if you live in Fulton County, City of Atlanta, let's um you know, we hope you do your research. <laughs> right. Because, you know, here in Forsyth we have some other issues we're dealing with, but well, I think we've covered right. most of what we're looking and at. And that is one, okay? And what and what the point I'm bringing that up is that goes back to referendum one. And our party, what we talk about all the time is there's too much of a focus on the city itself and we don't have enough reach out to where we are, which we're going to segue back into in a minute. But so the statewide referendum uh, questions, you know, it doesn't just deal with the city of Atlanta, but our party is presenting it as like, oh, well, it's the city of Atlanta that that's dealing with. And that's not the case. So again, getting back to we have to expand our reach across the state. Let's not just focus everything inside the perimeter well the good thing about it and it's a great way to transition into this conversation we have with sarah amico that's right is uh you know democrats are going around the state they're listening stacy abrams if i'm not mistaken has visited has visited each of the 159 yep. counties in the state of georgia uh shout out to stacy man i mean you know it, it's a it's a, a a tough road and a lot of work and uh we pushed man you know to eric's point we don't just we're not just sitting back here behind the microphone and going along with democratic talking points you know we're really taking issue with it i brought up um my concern to stacy's campaign and other campaigns about the fact that we didn't see enough democratic presence in north georgia mm-hmm. and you know ladies and gentlemen as an individual that grew up in columbus georgia uh, my father was a united states army ranger i lived on fort benning georgia moved to columbus georgia which is muskogee county and uh was uh, recruited to go to school at Clark Atlanta University, and um, I love this state, but I understand that there's a, a, a outside of the perimeter of Georgia that exists. Right. And uh, you know the reality is this last tour that uh, Stacy did, uh, Eric, and I'm sure you would echo my sentiments. Um, you know it it meant a lot. You know mm-hmm. Stacy, if you're listening, Sarah, if you're listening, uh, Charlie, if you're listening, all the statewide candidates that came up here, uh, thank you. You know you guys. Um, please understand that uh, Forsyth County may be a deep red conservative area, but there are Democrats that are here. Uh, we're putting up yard signs. We're knocking on doors. We're being looked at, you know, crazy, and that's okay. You know, we're being called all kind of things, and that's okay. You so, know. So speaking of crazy, let's go back to this event, and then that'll segue into our meet up with Sarah. So let me just tell everybody that when you hear our quick interview with Sarah, that was right outside of the event that we were having. Before she went on stage. That's right. And so again, another shout out to Sarah. She took the time where she wanted to catch up with us. So you get a little glimpse as to what's going on. And then after the election, we'll get the whole rundown from her. But locally, this event was a huge hit. A couple hundred people were out here. There's a park here called Fowler Park. It's about a 130-acre beautiful facility in the yep. county. So, and not one negative incident the whole time. No. Shout um, out to the Forsyth County Sheriff's Department, Forsyth County right. Police, and the Georgia State Patrol. That's right. They, they, they had it locked down. They did a wonderful job, and everybody was professional and very kind to everybody there. So 
the event, as I was saying, had hundreds, you know, of people. We we looked at, we believe there was at least two hundred people to set the the scene. It was a Friday. It was Cold, about forty five degrees. Rainy, it was gross out. Windy. Yet. Forsyth County that supposedly has no Democrats. Look at all these people that show up. So after the fact, our local newspaper, the Forsyth County News, uh, they did a great job covering the event. We had 11 Alive uh, from Atlanta, our TV station, the NBC affiliate. They were there. Other reporters were there. The local newspaper, they did articles about it. They put stuff up on their social media. So right away, the venom began. It was the Forsyth County News, which is, as Daniels, you know, it's, we're not talking about a liberal bastion you know, publication here. Yeah. We have people telling the Forsyth County News on their Facebook page that these photographs have been doctored. Which is hilarious. Right. Like which, they would have the time to sit back right. and doctor films for good Democrats. Right. It makes a lot of sense. And the point that I like to make is the photos that were shown which have literally gone viral across the country. 20,000 views on Pantsuit Nation, man. That's big. Of likes. 20,000 likes. Yeah, likes. So who views. knows how many views there yeah. are. It, and uh, I posted the picture, and I think my picture was retweeted four or 500 times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mean, just the love, man. And, and you know what I can say is that Looking out in the crowd, Eric, because we, you know, we we had every angle and view you could mm-hmm, take. Man, the smiles, the the energy. I mean, I don't, you know, I I would never compare anything to when Obama ran for office because that was just a historical moment. But I haven't seen the level of excitement on the faces of the folks in Forsyth County, um, in a long time, man. I mean, I just, you know, people up here are good people. But we don't. A lot of times, we don't have a whole lot to hold on to. And mm-hmm. again, I can't thank our our Democratic Party of Georgia and our great statewide candidates, right. um, including you know Carolyn Bordeaux and Joshua That's McCall, right. who was there, and some other uh, candidates from locally around the county, like you know Anita Tucker and Steve Smith, and uh, they did a great job, man. So we're gonna get into this interview. We are. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy. Continue to support Blue Topsy Radio. Uh, please continue to invite your friends, subscribe. Eric, tell them how they can reach us. All right. As always, you can catch us on Facebook, on the Gram, Instagram, and Twitter at Blue Topsy. And you can hit us up on our website at bluetopsy.com. And that'll give you the links to all the different podcast platforms and kind of gives you a little breakdown of each episode and show notes too. So say we have a guest on and they're promoting something or we want you to see something about this cause. So you can head on over to the website and see more about that as well. Build the excitement. President Obama will be here on Friday, November 1st. Is that the first? What day I is that? I think it's the second. The second. President oh. Obama will be here the Friday before the election. I'm super excited. As a matter of fact, I am so I'm not only excited, but the fact that he's coming about five days before the election. As a matter of fact, Morehouse College, mm-hmm. President Barack Obama, November 2nd. How cool is that? It's so cool. You know what my mom said? What did she say? She goes, can you get me into that one? Oh, man. You know what? <laughs> the first time I ever went to an Obama rally, uh, you know, and I, I'm, I'm ranting here, but I'm going to end with this. I went to an Obama rally. Uh-huh. I had a ton of tickets. This was early in his, his candidacy. First visit to Georgia. It was at Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And we were expecting probably four or 5,000 people to come out. We were so nervous. Uh, I still have a couple of tickets left over to this day because we couldn't pass them all out because at the time, obviously, Hillary was then and continues to be very popular. Uh, And I remember, Eric, 20,000 people 
sitting at uh, on the grass, hanging from the trees. President Obama came out. What a moment. He'll be back here in Georgia at Morehouse College, Forbes Arena, November 2nd, 5 p.m. If you can get tickets, we'll see you there. If not, tune in online. But please know Blue Topsy will be covering That's the right. response from that great mm-hmm. rally. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Sarah Miko. Welcome to Blue Topsy. We are actually traveling at a rally with Sarah Amico, and she's obviously one of our favorite candidates on the ticket. She is. A bunch of them coming. So with the brief time we have, Sarah, say hello to everybody. Hello. It's great to be back with Blue Topsy, my favorite podcast. There we go. And just so everybody knows, there is an amazing rally going on right now in Forsyth County. A bunch of Democrats out. Sarah, how do you feel in the last stretch for the Get Out the Vote efforts? Amazing. I think we've given voters something to vote for, not something to vote against this is something to believe in it's a chance to be a part of making history it's a chance to be a part of making a difference and the kind of crowds and enthusiasm and energy you're seeing out there in Forsyth yep we are seeing in every little corner of this state it's amazing so what is the most exciting thing that you've seen since we've last seen you you know I think the most exciting thing for me is watching people have their sense of hope and optimism restored the idea that there's somebody out there who wants to see them and hear them and represent them and be accountable yeah. to them, yeah. that's what I hear most from voters. It's amazing to be a part of it. The awesome thing is, one, I had a sheriff say, great crowd, and this is a sheriff mm-hmm. in Forsyth County. Right. Number two, I've had a Republican literally call me in the last two weeks and say, I need to know more about Sarah. Can you send me some information? What do you have to say to all those folks that are still out there trying to make a decision? We know who we're voting for, but for for those folks who are on the fence, what do they need to know about Sarah Miko and what you're trying to do, which is make history here in the state of Georgia? I want them to know that I believe in better. I believe Georgia is better than our current ranking of 35th out of 50 states in pre-K through 12 education. I believe we're better than fully funding our public schools once in 16 years. I believe we're better than 47th in affordable health insurance. And I sure as heck believe we're better than 50th out of 50 states in maternal mortality rate, the highest in the nation. 79 counties without an OBGYN, right? Yes, sir. And seven hospitals closed in five years. Guys, we are so much better than this. Don't let anybody convince you that the current leadership of this state is as good as it gets. Better's on your ballot on November 6th, and I promise you it has a D next to its name. So we've heard things, you know, let's go in-depth for one second. We're hearing things like, oh, tax credits. Like, let rural hospitals, we've heard the pitch. Oh, tax credits, 50 million bucks, that'll take care of it. That won't do it, will it? No, it won't, and it's not a good return on investment either, right? The idea that you can give away $60 million in credits to get $60 million into the system, and that that's somehow going to fix it, even if they doubled it, right? It's not for $136 million next year, expanding Medicaid brings in $3 billion of our own tax money we've already paid, which otherwise stays in Washington. It brings it back to Georgia to take care of our folks, creates 56,000 jobs, $6.5 billion of economic input or output, I guess, Uh, and it gives a health insurance card to 473,000 Georgians who don't have insurance. This is a steal. It's a great deal for Georgia. I don't have any doubt that you're the person that can help us to fix this and that Stacy can lead this state, and we have an amazing opportunity. In our last 40 seconds, what I'm looking at is when I saw the excitement around Obama Obama in 2008 and in 2012, and I hear people out there yelling for you and yelling for Stacey. Can you leave us with what you plan on doing the day you get elected to continue to unify this state and change the way we think about politics in the state of Georgia? Two things. One, use two ears and one mouth in the correct proportion. I love it. 
And that means we're going to have to listen not just to each other and not just to voters, but to the other side. The minute I take that gavel in the state senate as your next lieutenant governor, I'm lieutenant governor for everyone, That's not just right. for the people who voted for me. So I think we've got to listen. We've got to remember what it feels like to win together, and we need to sit down and say, what's the overlap? If it's only 1%, I'll take it. That's where progress happens. We love it. This is Blue Topsy. Let's vote on November 6th if you haven't already done so. Get Sarah, get Stacy elected. Thank you, guys.